Canadian Aquatic Auctions, the place to be if you are into anything aquatic. Nelson Fletcher, owner and operator, has years of experience and wants to help you better achieve your aquatic needs and goals. So if you're an aquatic hobbyist and enthusiast, please visit Canadian Aquatic Auctions today. Their public auctions provide a venue to remarket all aquatic-related products, services, and equipment. If you are just starting out in the hobby, the site has a tack room where you can converse with other aquatic hobbyists like yourself. Canadian Aquatic Auctions is the eBay of everything aquatic. So visit Nelson at his site at www.aquariumauctions.ca or go check out his Facebook page as well at www.facebook.com slash Canadian Aquatic Sales. Together we can build lasting relationships that are based on listening and servicing your needs in a professional environment. Canadian Aquatic Auctions. James. For six years, I was a garbage can druggie. I would do any kind of drug I would get my hands on. But here at Teen Challenge, I've walked away from that drug lifestyle for good. If you know an adult or teenager who is struggling with a chemical addiction, Teen Challenge is there to help. Please, don't wait. Call us today at 417-862-6969 or reach us on the web at teenchallengeusa.com. Ski's Watch and Clock, 106 West Central Avenue, Winter Haven, Florida, 33880. Located downtown across from the main post office. When you're short on time, he's right on time. For all of your watch, clock, sales, and service needs, call Ski's, 863-294-5630. Sales, service, free estimates, and reasonable rates. That's 863-294-5630 for Ski's Watch and Clock. This is our time. We play without limits. We create without rules. We are not for sale. We connect with the whole world. Every idea we've shaped, every relationship we've cultivated, belongs to us. We demand the freedom to be our uncensored selves. And when something challenges that, we change it together. This is our time. One, two, three. Let's start a revolution. Let's MeWe. Join the revolution at MeWe.com. Do you want to capture the best memories you can? Is wanting to preserve those memories your goal? Do you want your memories to last a lifetime? Do you want your memories to look beautiful in pictures? Well, if you live in Southern Oregon or Northern California, there's one place that you can save those treasures for a lifetime. Grateful Heart Photography. Abigail Summers is your solution for capturing your favorite moments and memories like birthdays, graduations, weddings, family portraits, single shots, and more. She can also capture the finest scenery shots around. 
and make them available all across the country and around the world at a price that can suit your budget. So if you're looking for the right photographer that can preserve your legacy, look no further than Abigail Summers at Grateful Heart Photography. Call Abby at 541-890-4657 or message her at her Facebook page by searching Grateful Heart Photography. Much of her work is displayed there. Feel grateful for the memories captured by Grateful Heart Photography. If you're looking for action-packed classic fun, look no further. Carter, there's a machine gun. Look out, Daddy! Up in the sky, look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! For the best in old-time radio adventures, you've come to the right place. This is one nostalgic weekend. Saturdays and Sundays, midnight Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific on Action VR Network. Were you trying to get crazy with this scene? Don't you know I'm local? Um, 
Um, where should I start? There's a lot of places to start in the beginning, but I guess I'll begin in the beginning. Um, last Friday, um, I was at an event, um, ESPN event for the taping of First Take, the uh, sports debate show, which comes on every morning. Stephen A. Smith, Molly Kurum, and uh, Max Kellerman. It was a very uh, good experience. Shout out to my man, uh, Mike Skaka from ESPN, who put me on to that. Uh, basically, it was just, you know, getting to, you know, feel what the production was like, you know what I mean, from the inside out. Um, got the experience, it was for uh, uh, HBCU week, uh, historical black colleges and all of that, and uh, it was a very good experience, man. I got to meet a lot of people. Shout out to um, Troy Vincent, the executive director of NFL Players Association. Uh, shout out to Magic Johnson. Uh, he was in the building. Um, and a special shout out to Rushion McDonald, man, because... He was the one who put everything together. Um, got there early in the morning. You know, the line was, you know, the line was around the building at the 76ers Field House in Wilmington, Delaware. That's where the Delaware Blue Coats play. That's the um, Philadelphia 76ers affiliate in the G League. And um, it was a, it was a lot. It was a madhouse. Early, like early in the morning, four or five o'clock in the morning, the line went around the building. Um, you know, I got in, you know, got in the back of the line like everybody else, you know what I'm saying? And um, my man Mike, he called me, and, um, you know, I was like, I'm here. And he, you know, just came and snatched me out the line. And what happened was I was just having a conversation with these Sixers fans. So we was into it, you know what I mean? Because sports fans, man, sports bring people together, you know. And I don't know these people. And um, we were just having a conversation. It was all good. And, like, when Mike came and snatched me out the line... People was, like, looking at me, like, oh, who is this guy? Like, I was just, you know, I'm just there to do my thing. Um, you know, put me on, treat me like part of the crew. Was in on the production meetings and, you know, got to chop it up with Stephen A. And uh, had a whole lot of fun, man. Um, shout out to Delaware State University and their, and their band. Shout out to um, North Carolina Central State University, where Stephen A. Smith graduated from. Um, it was a great experience. It was like the movie Drumline. If you ever seen that movie Drumline, it mm-hmm. was like that. You know, the, the, it, it was it was really really crazy at like five or six o'clock in the morning. The bands were going crazy. Everybody was dancing, having a good time. And this was you know four hours before the taping. You know, and um, I got to really really you know um, acclimate myself to how a production of first take goes down. And um, I enjoyed it, man. I enjoyed the whole process, man. Um, it was up in the VIP area, which is not really anything for me. I don't really care about all that. I just wanted to be involved in the process. And, um, you know, Diane Lamb, who is the um, associate producer, you know what I mean? She took real good care of me. She made sure I was good. You know what I mean? They had all types of fine meats and cheeses, you know, for breakfast food. It was, uh-huh. it was really, really great. It was a dope event. The place is really great. It's a brand new, um, it's a field house. So it, it, it was, it's brand new. Um, the atmosphere was firing. The show started. Everything was everything. Magic Johnson was in the building. He, he made an appearance. He was a guest on the show. Um, Trey Vincent was on the show talking about some things. And, um, you know, I just got to soak it all in. And because this is where I eventually want to be, you know, one of these days, man. You know what I mean? Once the Action VR Network blows up, you know what I mean? Um, I'll be in the building. And, and, and hopefully you get to, you know, see see me do what I do. But, um, yeah, man, I was in my element, man. I, I didn't really even have to take any notes. I was just, I was just, you know, breathing everything in, the whole atmosphere, you know. Um, a lot of people from, 
Um, hold on just one second here. I think we're on the air, so let me uh, let me see if I can bring it. Let me see if I can bring you in here again. Um, all right, can I uh, can I call you back in just a second? Uh, I got your number. All right, sorry about that. Canadian Aquatic Auctions, the place to be if you are into anything aquatic. Nelson Fletcher, owner and operator, has years of experience and wants to help you better achieve your aquatic needs and goals. So if you're an aquatic hobbyist and enthusiast, please visit Canadian Aquatic Auctions today. Their public auctions provide a venue to remarket all aquatic-related products, services, and equipment. If you are just starting out in the hobby, the site has a tack room where you can converse with other aquatic hobbyists like yourself. Canadian Aquatic Auctions is the eBay of everything aquatic. So visit Nelson at his site at www.aquariumauctions.ca or go check out his Facebook page as well at www.facebook.com slash Canadian Aquatic Sales. Together we can build lasting relationships that are based on listening and servicing your needs in a professional environment. Canadian Aquatic Auctions. James. For six years, I was a garbage can druggie. I would do any kind of drug I would get my hands on. But here at Teen Challenge, I've walked away from that drug lifestyle for good. If you know an adult or teenager who is struggling with a chemical addiction, Teen Challenge is there to help. Please, don't wait. Call us today at 417-862-6969 or reach us on the web at teenchallengeusa.com. Skis Watch and Clock, 106 West Central Avenue, Winter Haven, Florida, 33880. Located downtown across from the main post office. When you're short on time, he's right on time. For all of your watch, clock, sales, and service needs, call Skis, 863-294-5630. Sales, service, free estimates, and reasonable rate. That's 863-294-5630 for Skis Watch and Clock. This is our time. We play without limits. We create without rules. We are not for sale. We connect with the whole world. Every idea we've shaped Every relationship we've cultivated belongs to us. We demand the freedom to be our uncensored selves. And when something challenges that, we change it together. This is our time. Let's start a revolution. Let's Maywe. 
Join the revolution at MeWe.com. Do you want to capture the best memories you can? Is wanting to preserve those memories your goal? Do you want your memories to last a lifetime? Do you want your memories to look beautiful in pictures? Well, if you live in Southern Oregon or Northern California, there's one place that you can save those treasures for a lifetime. Grateful Heart Photography. Abigail Summers is your solution for capturing your favorite moments and memories like birthdays, graduations, weddings, family portraits, single shots, and more. She can also capture the finest scenery shots around and make them available all across the country and around the world at a price that can suit your budget. So if you're looking for the right photographer that can preserve your legacy, look no further than Abigail Summers at Grateful Heart Photography. Call Abby at 541-890-4657 or message her at her Facebook page by searching Grateful Heart Photography. Much of her work is displayed there. Feel grateful for the memories captured by Grateful Heart Photography. If you're looking for action-packed classic fun, look no further. Oh, there's a machine gun. Look out, Daddy! Up in the sky. Look, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. For the best in old-time radio adventures, you've come to the right place. This is one nostalgic weekend. Saturdays and Sundays, midnight Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific on Action VR Network. Yo, we back in the building. I don't know what the hell is going on. Bear with me, man. Um, I mean, my man Mike Summers is holding me down. He's doing the best he can, so and I appreciate him. Um, I got a, I got a guest in the building. He's mad familiar. If y'all rock with my show, man, you know who this guy is. It's my man Hollywood is in the house. What's good, Hollywood? What's good? What's good? What's good? Chilling, 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 man. Hey, yeah. sports is on fire right now. Sports is on yeah, fire. Yeah, yeah, right yeah. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a lot to discuss, man. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a lot to discuss. So where, where do you want to start, man? Let's start with the soon to be 2019 World Series champion, New York Yankees. Right, that's, that's a great place to start. Um, yeah, we division champion, you know what I mean? Smoke your blunt, you know what I mean? Pour your champagne, pour your stabby, you know what I mean? Understand that, we back you know, everything is the world is back to normal. The Yankees are American League Eastern Division champs. Um, you know, we went, it was a long season, man, but you know what? We did it without a lot of help from the guy that we spent a lot of money for. And I'm not going to dwell on the negative because, again, we have a lot of youngsters in our lineup and everybody came through. Um, the pitching wasn't where it was supposed to be, but still we, we were better than the Red Sox. And that's all that concerns me right now. Now is where the real season starts. We have to battle the Houston Astros for home field advantage. And I think we can hang with whoever we play, man, um, in the playoffs, man. And I think that um, we're going to win the World Series. We're going to win the World Series, man, regardless. Uh, what's your thoughts on the 2019 New York Yankees? I got Hollywood in the house. What's your thoughts? My thoughts is this. At first, I thought we were overachieving. I really did. But then I looked at the makeup of the lineup. This is what championship teams are made of. We were considered the mass unit this year. Everybody and their mama was hurt. That's right. Didi, Stanton, Sorvino, Tanner, right. Judge. Right. I mean, Sanchez. I mean, we keep on going. 
one game for our life and all that. I didn't want to do that. You know what I mean? So we went out there and did what we had to do. You know, Aaron Boone's, you know, Aaron Boone called the savages. You know what I mean? When, <laughs> he said, I got a team of savages, yo. That's right. And we're going to take this all the way through to October and another parade in New York City. Um, what, what was one of your big moments this season, man, for the Yankees, man? I'm going to give you mine. I'm going to give you mine while you think about it. When we were playing the Minnesota Twins, we were getting crushed in Minnesota. And we came back, and the think the Twins had the bases loaded in the bottom of the ninth for two outs. And I forgot who that was that hit that, that, that fly ball in the deep center field, and Aaron Hicks. I think that he made the catch, one of the catches of the year, and it was one of the games of the year. And I think that kind of that momentum right there proved that this is a championship team right here. You know what I mean? And, and, and I think that, um, you know, we could build on that. Um, you know, I'm not even thinking about, you know, the Houston Astros or, you know, the Minnesota Twins, anything like that. I just want our team to be healthy. And, and October October the 2nd is going down. And um, I'm just glad that we're in the postseason, man. Um, who's your MVP for the Yankees this year? That's a good question. Who's that? CJ LeMayu. CJ LeMayu. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. I mean, I mean, it, it, it's been an all-year thing with him. And I'm gonna tell you something. I, I, I said this on your show before. You was laughing at me. You said you're gonna see the real LeMayu. I thought it was a bum. Right. I thought it was gonna be a bum, just like I thought. I thought it was gonna be a bum when he first came out. I told you. Yeah. Yeah. Because LeMayu won the back title with Colorado. Yeah. Last year. Yeah, I like DJ DJ LeMayu, but my thing with him, and you're absolutely right, and I kind of agree with you uh, on that, uh, 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 Hollywood. And the reason why I agree with you because they had him all over the place. He played second yeah. base, he played first base. I mean, you know, he, he you know he's a jack of all trades, and he brought his bat with him, and he's still you know in contention for a batting title. So I'm not even mad at DJ LeMayu, and I didn't even bring him up when we were talking about names and stuff like that, man. So again, shout out, you know, shout out to you know James Paxton, who's probably proud of his groove. Okay, oh we got my him from God, thank you, Lord. Yeah. yeah, we got him from Seattle. You know, he was he had to he had to get it together earlier in the season. He had to get it together. Well, saw, well, well, well man, chime in a little bit. You you saw it even when he was getting hit up. You still saw that he you, you saw the picture that they went got. You did. He's definitely he's definitely. Yeah, 
pitching in short relief, two or three innings in the playoffs is going to be like gold for us. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I really do. I really do because if you look at CC this whole year, if you if you look at CC this whole year, CC Sabathia, the first three innings, he was like, damn, lights out. It was always right. to the fourth or fifth inning. Right. So him coming in, him coming in is going to shorten up our game. Now, what effect is he really going to have if we need him back to back days? Now that I don't think. I don't know how that's going to possibly, you know. Work. Yeah, I don't, I, yeah, I don't know about all that either, but I think that, you know, having have, having CC there, like you said, to give us maybe, you know, two innings, three innings, that, that, that'll be, that'll be you know, a blessing for us, you know what I mean? And it'll feel like he's contributing. And you know what? They want to win a championship for CC. They want him to go out in style. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So, so, Man, so that's what it is. I, I got, I got, I got, I got, I got some complaints here. First of all, man, I, I, I have you on speaker right now. I want you to give a shout out to my lady here, Miss Ashley. She doesn't believe I'm on the, on the air with you here. I told her, I said, you know what? You know, you get ready to go up to the big time in New York City. You gonna see what it's all about. The man, the man's in the house. When the man got a show, Hollywood is there with him. I mean, you, you know what I'm saying, man? Like, we want to talk about real sports. Let's call in this station. If you want to talk about fantasy sports, which I've never been a fan of fantasy baseball, football, none of that, then you then you dial up one of those uh, WFAN numbers or, or ABC, whatever ones you want to get to. Talk to, talk, talk to your boy Mike Frank, Mike Fat Francesa, who has right. a damn clue about sports, if you ask me. Or how about you call uh, Stephen A. Smith, who's more flip floppy than anybody else I might know on the air. But I'm not gonna go there, man, because this show show and we, you know, just give Ashley a little shout out, man. Let's give a little shout out real quick. What up, Miss Ashley? How are you? Um, shout out to you. Um, yeah, appreciate appreciate you for checking in. That's a good guy you got right there, Hollywood. Um, welcome, uh, early welcome to New York City and all that. You're gonna love it here. Um, one bit of advice, and Hollywood probably already tell you this: when you come to the city, if you have never been here before, please don't look up when you're walking in Manhattan. Please don't do that. <laughs>
I, I, I just can't. I can't. I think that, you know, in Stanton's case, you know, he's getting a little too much money for me to, to always be on the shelf. I think he hit a second home run the other day. Whoopsie, damn Lou. I mean, right. I could have went and put my stepdaughter, she's four years old, I could have went and had her go hit three home runs and top him for, you know, a whole lot less money than he's getting. And um, that's Dylan Batanzas. I, I, I've never been a fan of his. I, I'm, I'm never. I'm never. You like Dylan Batanzas, no. I mean, you know what? I, I think that, you know, with with John Carlos Stanton, like I said last year, I'm going to start calling him Mike. You know, go back to calling him Mike. You know what I mean? Cause he hasn't really judged out. He hasn't, he hasn't done anything. I don't care what you tell me about him. He hasn't done anything. But I'm not going to dwell on that. You know what I mean? You know, we're a division champ. We're going to win the World Series and all that. But, again, I would take that. I would, I would take you know, having John Carlos Stanton only play 13 games for what I got this season, okay? I got Gio, Gio Rochella, 20 home runs, 73 RBIs. Yeah. Garza Torres, yeah. 38 home runs. You know what I mean? 90 RBIs. You know, yeah. uh, we talked about DJ LeMayhew. You know what I mean? He's doing his thing. Uh, hitting 329. Um, you know, even, you know, Aaron Judge. You know, he's played, you know, he's, he, he's played 98 games this year. He's, he's, he's got 26 home runs. So he was missing for a, a, a major part of the season as well. So I, I'll, I'll take John Carlos Stanton being missing. I'll take him being missing in action because you know why Hollywood? Because when I talk, mm-hmm. when I, when I, when I talk negative about him, I won't be wrong. I won't yeah. be wrong. Right. You know what I'm saying? So you know what I mean? So I, I won't be wrong in that, in, in that case. But um, I, I love what my Yankees did this year, man. Everybody contribute. We can't forget about Clint Frazier. We can't forget about him. We can't forget about Paula Wade. No, we can't forget about Didi Gregorius, even though he only played 78 games. We can't forget about him. You know, he, I mean, you know, one thing, I'll I, I tell you something. I, I, I wasn't a fan of Didi when he got here. Crazy. I didn't see any of it. Me and Kid used to get into it about Didi Gregorius. I told her about Didi Gregorius, Joe. I was like, I like Didi Gregorius, Joe. The only thing was that first year when he had to replace Jeter. That was the thing I was worried about. He was coming behind Derek Jeter, you know what I mean? But well, I think that... Man.
I said, I'm right. sure he's down in New York City today. Now, Paul, I said, now next week if the Giants lose, they're going to be ready to put him on the boat. Bring back Eli. Oh, you should have got. Right. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. It's, 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 the New York Post media is the greatest media ever of all time. But you know what? Mayor, you have to love it because you live it every day and you talk about it every day. That's how right. New York is. You know what I'm saying? It's what have you done for me lately, and lately is week to week or day to day. Hey, 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 hey Miss Ashley, lately is today. <laughs> <laughs> lately is today. What did you do for me today? I'm not worried about what you did yesterday. What did you do today? Because yesterday you started a game, and today if you mess up, oh, we're going to get you out of here. You know what I mean? So, you know, everything is everything. is everything. But it's the same way all over the place. But in New York, it's a little bit different. It's actually it's a lot different. But, you know, it is, it is what it is. I think the Giants found they, they, they next franchise quarterback. I really think that kid is going to be really that good. I mean, once they get a line and get some more pieces to that puzzle, it's going to make him shine more. I think he's smart. He's very smart. He's very intelligent. And that's what the Giants need. I mean, Eli's smart, but Eli couldn't. Eli, I think, lost connection about three years ago. I, I really do. I think he lost start losing connection with the NFL, you know, about three years ago. And, and, it, and it didn't help that he had a disgruntled uh, – Beckham Jr. Oh, by the way, Cleveland Browns at one and two. They'll finish six and ten like I predicted. But um, you know, I, I just see something real special in Jones. I, I really do. I saw it in the preseason as well. I mean, you know what? This kid is not that bad. I mean he's not that bad. I don't think he's gonna be the next Tom Brady. He lit it up in the preseason. Daniel Jones Daniel Jones lit it up in the preseason, but I say this I say that um it was a lot of pressure. You know what I mean? Or Gettleman, because, you know, they passed over on Dwayne Haskins. And we saw mm-hmm. Dwayne Haskins last night against the Bears. And it was a lot of it was a lot of talk about what the Giants should have did. You know, this Daniel Jones guy, who is this guy out of Duke University? They drafted a quarterback from a basketball school and all of that. Um, but don't sleep on Duke as a football team. They, you know, Daniel Jones did what he did. You know what I mean? Um, but I think that there's no pressure on him. But my thing was this, you know, at knowing, you know, as a New York fan, as a New York, you know, uh, sports fan, I'm not a Giants fan by no stretch. I remember when the Giants had, you know, Dave Brown and Kate Graham, you know, those guys, you know what I mean, this was before the Eli days, you know what I'm saying? And here's, here's the bottom line with them, uh, Hollywood. Eli Manning is now feeling what Kurt Warner felt like. Remember when Eli was replacing Kurt Warner? Yeah. When Kurt Warner was the Giants quarterback and Eli, you know, he, he, he bullied his way to New York because the, the Chargers had drafted him. He didn't want to play for the Chargers. He uh-huh. bullied his way to the Giants. You know what I mean? Kurt Warner yeah. was the old guy. He was on his way out. Everybody wanted to see Eli Manning. Eli Manning came in. Now Eli knows what that feels like now yeah. to be Kurt Warner. You know what I mean? So... I think, you know, Daniel Jones, he's got, you know, he got he got off to a good start, you know, and, and, and I, you know, I, I like it. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's competitive now. Now you got to deal with Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones. And then in the other, at the other end of the stadium, you got uh, Mr. Mono over here, Sam Donald. You know what I mean? This guy, he's kissing everything and, and, and catching all types of uh, Mono diseases yeah. and all that. 
a late first round first round draft pick for me because you're getting some good talent coming out of that second round. But um, over in the Western Conference, that Lakers and Clippers war gonna be a, a war to be reckoned with. Man, knock it off. The Lakers, the Lakers ain't gonna do nothing, man. The Lakers ain't. It's too much. It's too much that they gotta go through in the West, man. It's too much they gotta go through in the West. It's too much. The mother teams they got. The mother You know, Denver's not gonna fall. Golden State's not gonna fall. What? What? Are you crazy?
Canadian Aquatic Auctions, the place to be if you are into anything aquatic. Nelson Fletcher, owner and operator, has years of experience and wants to help you better achieve your aquatic needs and goals. So if you're an aquatic hobbyist and enthusiast, please visit Canadian Aquatic Auctions today. Their public auctions provide a venue to remarket all aquatic-related products, services, and equipment. If you are just starting out in the hobby, the site has a tack room where you can converse with other aquatic hobbyists like yourself. Canadian Aquatic Auctions is the eBay of everything aquatic. So visit Nelson at his site at www.aquariumauctions.ca or go check out his Facebook page as well at www.facebook.com slash Canadian Aquatic Sales. Together we can build lasting relationships that are based on listening and servicing your needs in a professional environment. Canadian Aquatic Auctions. James. For six years, I was a garbage can druggie. I would do any kind of drug I would get my hands on. But here at Teen Challenge, I've walked away from that drug lifestyle for good. If you know an adult or teenager who is struggling with a chemical addiction, Teen Challenge is there to help. Please, don't wait. Call us today at 417-862-6969 or reach us on the web at teenchallengeusa.com. Skis Watch and Clock, 106 West Central Avenue, Winter Haven, Florida, 33880. Located downtown across from the main post office. When you're short on time, he's right on time. For all of your watch, clock, sales, and service needs, call Skis, 863-294-5630. Sales, service, free estimates, and reasonable rate. That's 863-294-5630 for Skis Watch and Clock. This is our time. We play without limits. We create without rules. We are not for sale. We connect with the whole world. Every idea we've shaped Every relationship we've cultivated belongs to us. We demand the freedom to be our uncensored selves. And when something challenges that, we change it together. This is our time. Let's start a revolution. Let's MeWe. Join the revolution at MeWe.com. Do you want to capture the best memories you can? Is wanting to preserve those memories your goal? Do you want your memories to last a lifetime? Do you want your memories to look beautiful in pictures? Well, if you live in Southern Oregon or Northern California, there's one place that you can save those treasures for a lifetime. Grateful Heart Photography. Abigail Summers is your solution for capturing your favorite moments and memories like birthdays, graduations, weddings, family portraits, single shots, and more. 
She can also capture the finest scenery shots around and make them available all across the country and around the world at a price that can suit your budget. So if you're looking for the right photographer that can preserve your legacy, look no further than Abigail Summers at Grateful Heart Photography. Call Abby at 541-890-4657 or message her at her Facebook page by searching Grateful Heart Photography. Much of her work is displayed there. Feel grateful for the memories captured by Grateful Heart Photography. If you're looking for action-packed classic fun, look no further. Oh, there's a machine gun. Look out, Daddy! Up in the sky, look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! For the best in old-time radio adventures, you've come to the right place. This is one nostalgic weekend. Saturdays and Sundays, midnight Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific on Action VR Network. Going up against the top team in the league. 
the um, Washington Mystics with the MVP, Elena Deladon, all right? Um, and basically, they're just playing to see who's going to meet up against the Connecticut Sun because they swept the Los Angeles Sparks. You know, you wouldn't have got that a couple years ago. The Sparks was just running through things. But I think that um, they, you know, going through some, some issues. And um, it is what it is. The Connecticut Sun is on, are on the come up. But uh, Mike Summers, he wanted to, to, to chime in and talk about the WNBA a little bit. What's on your mind, Mike? What's good? Oh, everything is so good about the WNBA, and uh, I know that they've had some, you know, they've had a lot of uh, issues and things that have been going on for quite some time, but I'll tell you, um, but I'll tell you, one of the things that uh, really is intriguing is the fact that now you've got cities that don't really have major league teams, with the exception of Vegas, you know, with the Golden Knights of the NHL, they finally made it major league, and now the uh, the Aces are making it major league here in the... Um, in the WNBA, and here they are getting ready to uh, getting ready in the semifinals, and it's uh, it's making a huge difference. Definitely, definitely, and I think that you know um, the way that the WNBA is, is unique in its way that it has a single elimination in the first and second round mm-hmm. of the playoffs. So again, you know, it, it puts pressure on you to win right away. And again, the conference affiliation that's not even relevant anymore. So you just have to be one of the top, you know, eight squads to make the playoffs regardless of your conference. So, again, man, shout-out to um, the Las Vegas Aces with Liz Cambridge. She's one of my favorite players in the league. Oh, my. Um, not taking anything away from Elena Deladon, who I've been following, you know, her career, you know, since she was at Delaware. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So shout-out to them. But I think that, you know, it's exciting. I think every year, you know, the WNBA, it, you know, it, it gets better and better. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? It doesn't really have to grow you know, the audience and things of that nature, because that's going to come. That's going to come. Because remember, earlier in the year, a lot of people were talking about the pay disparity and, you know, they want to get paid. And, you know, a lot of the WNBA players have to go overseas and supplement their income and things of that nature, which comes with the territory. Mm-hmm. All right? That comes with the territory. But at the end of the day, the WNBA, the league is growing. Okay? It's definitely it growing. And I've been talking about it for, for, for years. I, I love the WNBA because it gives the women a chance to, you know, make money, you know what I mean, and still be able to play ball after their, you know, their college careers are over. They don't have to necessarily stay overseas to do it. Oh, yeah, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Yeah, yeah, it's a great great thing. And now you got a little bit of salt in the situation now with Liz Cambridge. You know, she's talking greasy, you know what I mean? And I like it. I like that. I I think Liz Cambridge, because earlier in the year, Liz Cambridge wasn't sure if she was going to, you know, stay in Australia because she's, She's from Australia. Mm-hmm. And she said that, you know what, she could stay overseas and make more money and not worry about the WNBA. But I think, you know, she was like, yo, you know, you know, if you play in the WNBA and you represent the league in the right way and you're a good player, they're definitely going to pay attention to you. But I think that um, right now, what they're going through with the Washington Mystics, man, that's a great series. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of, you know, intrigue in that series. you got Cambridge on one side from Las Vegas. Then you got the, the, the league MVP in Elena Deladon for yep. the Washington Mystics. Um, game three a little bit. Um, Ms. Cambridge had her best game in the series. You know, she had 28 points, six rebounds. You know, she plays very, very physical. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think that the Mystics are frustrated by that. You know? And I yeah. think that, um, you know, came, you know, Liz Cambridge does what she does. And she plays her game. And I think that, that it brings a little bit of fire and competitiveness to the league because – the league have a lot of, you know, a, a lot of women in in this league that can play. 
and they could play that position. And when I play, when I say play that position, I mean in the paint, in the middle. And one of the biggest disappointments to me, and I want to get your thoughts on this, Mike. I got mm-hmm. my man Mike Summers in the building with me. Mm-hmm. Mike, what's your thoughts on Brittany Griner? She should be a beast. Oh, she's amazing. I've watched her a couple times this year on television. She is just absolutely incredible. And and to be quite honest with you, I think that she'll be an MVP here here very very soon. But she's just she's just unconscious, unbelievable. Uh, and, and let me say something to that. And, and you know, um, we all you know we all sports heads. We all see things, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, in, in the way we see them. I think Brittany Griner has to you know a little bit of her heart has been snatched away from her. And when I say that, I, I mean it in the most um, positive way yeah. um, she should be dominating this league man no ifs ands or buts about it but you know she was going through her off the court you know issues and you know dealing yeah. with you know what she had to deal with and I think that she has to find herself okay mm-hmm. she plays for the Phoenix Mercury and I think that she should really be you know talked about like Liz Cambridge and Elena Deladon and people like that but I think Brittany Griner should be the dominant force in the WNBA, and she's not. You know what I mean? And yeah. I think that, you know, like you said, she still has time. She's young. She still has time to find herself. But then, you know, if she doesn't get it together soon here, uh, Mike, yeah. she's going to watch players like Liz Cambridge uh-huh. and Elena Deladon, you know, pass her by, you know? And, 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 and you know, um, speaking of young players, they just had, you know, the WNBA uh, in their draft lottery, you know the the, the New York Liberty has the uh, the number one pick in the draft lottery, mm-hmm. you know for next year. Um, the Dallas Wings have the second pick. The Indiana Fever has the third pick, and the Atlanta Dream has has the fourth pick. There are a lot of great players in the WNBA, man. A lot of great players, but I think Brittany Griner, you know, I think she's playing. She she needs to step her game up. You know what I mean? She, she definitely, definitely does. Because Melinda Delgado has won two MVPs. Two. Oh, yeah. And on the verge of, yeah. possi- on, on the verge of possibly winning a, a WNBA title, which for right. for the city right. of Washington and, right. and for owner Ted Leonsis, that would be three titles in, what, two years? You know, going along with the, yeah. cap- the Capitals winning the Stanley Cup and then the, the Valor winning the Arena Bowl. I mean, why? That's you know, right. why not? Why not have the Mystics uh, win the WNBA championship and and and, and make right. that happen? That's right. Absolutely, absolutely, man. And I think that um that that speaks a lot to what what the Wizards are not doing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, they, they got another chance. I mean, they made it to the finals last year, lost to Seattle, but I think they're a little hungrier nowadays. You know, and as you talk about Brittany yeah. Griner, yeah. you know, yeah. you know she. And, 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 they got that piece that they needed in yeah. in, in Atlanta Deladon. They got they got that piece, you know what I mean? And, uh-huh. and she's she's a beast. She's a monster, man. And I think that you know um, she made that team that much stronger. And again, you know she she's gonna find her niche. Okay, she was in Chicago. She was up the sky for a minute, and then she came over to Washington. So I think that you know what she does is she can bring them a championship. Hey, you know I'm, I'm all for it. And again, the WNBA is definitely a league that. You know, um, sustained. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's been here almost 25 years. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and, they, and they've and they've grown in leaps and bounds. I I, I was with the WNBA with the Teresa Weatherspoon days when you know the Houston Comets were winning you know championships. You know, back to back to back, they was doing their thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Yeah. So I think that WNBA has grown. Um, shout out to the Rookie of the Year, Nafisa Collier from the Minnesota Lynx. So again, man, you know, the WNBA is doing their thing. The championship series is going to be great. You know, no matter who it is, the Connecticut Sun, they're getting a lot of rest. And they're waiting to see who they're going to see in, in, in the WNBA Finals. Oh, so yeah. do you think that um, that uh, Washington can, can finish, get, get the job done and finish it off? I think I think they very well could, and and you know Las Vegas is definitely hungry there because I mean you got you got two teams in a very good series, and I think that what that's going to do is that's going to determine you know who's who's definitely going to want to get ready to take on Connecticut because Connecticut this is their first rodeo in the finals now, and they just have to wait to see who they're going to face off against. So I think it's going to be a great series, and I know that we're going to you know talk about this little campaign that I've got going on here called Why Not Us, and I'll explain that in just a minute, but I will tell you this much. that I think that this has been a great series between Vegas and Washington, but I think Washington could very well close it out and get it ready for the finals. Okay. All right, now, um, talk about, um, yeah, the topic you were talking about, what about us, man? Talk about that a little bit. Oh, yeah. Well, actually, I should say, why not us? Because what I yeah yeah that was that was my mistake right there. But indeed, um, this little campaign that I got going on, I'm a, I've become a big WNBA fan as well. But what I have right on here are cities that at one time hosted WNBA teams that don't anymore, and I feel that that's a shame because the fact is is that you got to have these same teams that the NBA has, and maybe even some markets that you know had it before and. And they could have stuck for, for so long, but didn't. So so the campaign that I've got, if you go to Facebook.com and search for WNBA Why Not Us, these cities that once had teams can have teams again. That is, if they can get together and they can say, why not us? Charlotte Sting, Cleveland Rockers, Detroit Shock, uh, Houston Comets. Miami Soul, right. Orlando Mir- Miracle, right. and, and there's more more names here. Portland Fire, Sacramento Monarchs, San Antonio Stars, Tulsa, Utah. These are cities that had teams, and for whatever reason, they either folded or relocated. And it it just and, and you talk about the growth of the WNBA. In order for it to grow, I think that more cities need to get involved. More fans in these cities need to get involved and ask the question. Why not us? Milwaukee as well. A lot of people are talking about seeing the Milwaukee Does come back. You know, from you know from back in the old uh, back in the old days when that was a popular team uh, in Milwaukee as well. So the question is, why not us? All these cities need to campaign and get get these cities and get these teams back in the WNBA for it to grow and give more women an opportunity because I'm all for these women playing professional basketball, especially in this league. That's right. Go ahead. So, so honestly, I mean, the question is, why not us? And I know you have some, you have some thoughts on that as well. Yeah, man. I feel like, you know, again, that goes with the growth. I mean, you know, you got to have your growing pains. You know, some teams, you know, might not have been, you know, financially stable or financially ready to, 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 to deal with a, a WNBA franchise. They might not have had the interest in particular cities. But I think, again, like I said, once the league, you know, it, it grows and, and leaps and bounds, again, the league is going to have no choice but to grow and expand. And I think that there was a perfect situation where – you could go back. You could go back 
You know, we can have a Houston Comets again. We can have a Milwaukee Doves. We can have a Detroit Shock. We can go back to those cities because they've had WNBA before. So if we bring them back, I think that once the league, you know, finds it, you know, it, it's going to come with more sponsorship, more corporate money, you know, a greater interest and things of that nature. Then it opens up the, the talent pool, opens up where you have more players that are accessible and available to play. So I think that, you know, it's going to come. That day is going to come. You know, and I think that campaign is great because it brings awareness and it keeps people uh, keeps people attention to mm-hmm. what you know what should be done in the WNBA. And I say give it a chance, man. And I say like in the next maybe in the next two or three years, what is this, 2019 by 2021-22, you might have a you know you might see an expansion of three or four teams you know into the WNBA because again this is a popular game. Mm-hmm. Don't please don't get it twisted. It's a popular game. You know, women want to play basketball. Women want to be paid. Women want to show, you know, that they can do it. You know, and, and look at the FIBA teams. Look at the Olympic teams. They go over there and handle their business. So, again, why not have you know, uh, women's professional sports in the United States have a professional league that, you know, is strong and that, is, and, and that can uh, it, it include more cities? Mm-hmm. It's okay that you had, you know, some cities that didn't, you know, that, that, that aren't currently uh, uh, WNBA cities. But who, who, who says that they can't go back to being WNBA cities? I'm with that. Oh, and, yeah. and I'll say this, Mike. One more thing. I'll add this. That the WNBA has the NBA beat. Because if you remember uh-huh. uh, 11 years ago, it was the first ever outdoor professional basketball game. It wasn't an NBA game. It was a WNBA game. It was the Indiana Fever against the New York Liberty. Oh, at, yeah. at Arthur Ashe Stadium in Queens. So, I mean, the WNBA is doing, you know, is doing unique things. And I think mm-hmm. that, you know, give it a chance. I'm with it. I, I, I'm, I'm rocking out with it. So make sure you support that. You know, um, why not us? Go to Facebook, check it out, and um, let us know what you think, man. Definitely. So I, I think that's definitely a good thing, man. Definitely a power move. And I did. This is after the review, man. 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline fast. I got Mike Summers in the house. Go ahead, man. What you saying? Yeah, I was going to tell you. I sent you the link, and I know you're going to be pushing for that as well. And since you just had this interview, with, oh, yeah. since you just were hanging around with Stephen A. Smith, I mean, that's something to to, to, to definitely uh, you know get the word out. And especially you know with a city with Houston that won what four straight WNBA championships, and they don't have a team now. It, it makes no sense. So that's, that's crazy, right? That's yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's crazy. So again, man, um, check that out. You know, why not us, you know what I mean, um, on Facebook. And I, I'll definitely, you know, share the link and all that good stuff. And talking about Stephen A. Smith, man, um, I, had, I did an interview with him. Um, I'm going to put that out on one, of, uh, on one of my podcasts. I'm not sure which one. I, I just started a new podcast called What's Left. Uh, make sure you check that out. That's on Anchor. Um, but, yeah, I, I did an interview with Stephen A. Smith, and, and I asked him. One of the questions I asked him was, you know, what was his, you know, um, what was his thoughts about, you know, the New York Knicks and New York basketball in general? Mm-hmm. And, you know, his thing was, you know, the Brooklyn Nets came in and stole New York from the Knicks. And <laughs> you should have saw the look on my face. Yeah. I'm like, are you bugging? Like, I, no, no, you not, no. Because I feel totally different than any, everybody else feels about how the Brooklyn Nets are going to do. And shout out to Kyrie Irving because he, he, was, he had to go to the hospital today. Oh. Because he caught an elbow to the face um, during the practice today. So shout out to Kyrie. I hope he's all right. But, um, yeah, man, I looked at Stephen A. like he was bugging. Like, yo, come on, man. Knock it off, man. 
but I couldn't say what I wanted to say because I only had a limited amount of time. Uh-huh. But basically, the gist of this conversation mm-hmm. was that yeah, um, you know, Kyrie and Kevin Durant they went to Brooklyn, and it wasn't about you know because of the Knicks organization. It was more about the ownership. Okay, they didn't like what James Dolan was doing. Mm-hmm. And to that, I say this: if I was if I was James Dolan, I would have did the same thing. There's no way in the world that I'm giving you all these hundreds of millions of dollars, and I don't know what your medical outlook is going to be like. No way in the world. Mm-hmm. I don't care what your name is. Your name could have been Doctor J. It would have been the same scenario. I need to see those medical reports. It would, it would have been the same thing. So I don't blame James. I blame James Dolan for a lot of stuff, Mike. Mm-hmm. But I don't blame him for that. I don't blame Absolutely. him for that. And so he decided to go to Brooklyn, which is cool. And then you know what I say to that, Mike Summers? I say, uh-huh. yo, Kyrie Irving is going to play. And then they got them a lawn chair. They got a lawn chair for a year. Because Kevin Durant's not going to play this season. He's going to sit in the lawn chair. And again... The Brooklyn Nets are going to do what they do, but you know what? I don't hear anybody talking about these all of a sudden Brooklyn Nets fans coming out of nowhere. Nobody's talking about an NBA title in Brooklyn. Hmm. Why? You got Kevin Durant. You got Kyrie Irving. You got a young team on the come up. Why are you not talking about an NBA title? I don't know. The East is not. You know know what I'm saying? It's not like the East is going to be tough. I see the Nets making the playoffs. Maybe. But then you know what else I see? The same situation that happened in Boston with Kyrie Irving. Yeah. You know what I mean, Mike? Yeah, exactly. And and I, I just don't think the Brooklyn fans are that convinced yet. And and by the way, right. I did want to tell you that on sport, sportslogos.net, uh, they just unveiled the new court for the Brooklyn Nets, all gray. You want to make yeah, yeah, you want yeah. to make it more drab than anything else like that? You know, go that route. But but beside the point. Uh, but you know, Brooklyn is start is starting to to really grow with the Nets, and now you got the New York Liberty playing at Barclays Center. And we, we were talking about this a little earlier because of the fact that you know the Liberty were playing in White Plains in that arena there, and you heard about yeah. the controversy. Uh, that happened where two instances during indoor football games with the NAL streets where the visiting team had stuff stolen out of their uh, locker rooms and everything. That's probably one of the main, that's probably one of the main reasons why the Liberty decided, ah, I think we're going to, we need to go back into New York city. Smartest move they could have ever made was to go to Brooklyn to play at the Barclays center because you got the nets there and it, it, it makes a whole lot of sense. But at the same time, you know, the, the Brooklyn Nets just are not convinced that they're ready for an NBA title. I think it's time that they need to get they need to get excited. They got their team, but it, it just doesn't seem like they're convinced at all. I mean, you're not you're not going to see the Knicks go all the way, you know, given the situations that happened there. But you know, you've got to be enthused. I mean, you've had you've had you have a team now that's been there for the last I don't know four or five four or five years or something like that. I lost count, but. You know, you're excited for a team. You got a big, you got a giant size arena. Go there and support your team, and be positive. Think positive that you're gonna win an NBA title. You know what? I feel like you know. I I, I definitely concur with you, and I agree. You know, but you know why they're not talking greasy, Mike? I'm gonna tell you why they're not talking greasy. Because they don't have Kevin Durant yet. That's why. Yeah. If Kevin Durant was healthy. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, I, and let me say this. If Kevin Durant was healthy, I think Kevin Durant would have been on the Knicks. 
True. I think it should, if Kevin Durant was healthy, he would have been on the Knicks. So, again, that's why they kind of like, they're cautious with their optimism. You know, they're cautious because they, they don't really know what they got going on in Brooklyn. You know what I'm saying? So, again, at the end of the day, you know, they could, you know, put all their attention on what they think is going to happen because last year, the, ne- the Nets weren't all that bad last year. You know what I mean? So, I think that um, if they can continue to grow, you know, if Kyrie Irving allows that team to, you know, with the pieces that they already have, which aren't that bad, you know, um, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie's, of the world, Karis LeVerts, you know what I mean, Joe Harris, Jared Allen, you know, I think that um, that team will be okay. But Kyrie Irving is going to be the focal point of that team, you know. And remember, Dinwiddie was the, was, was, the, was the go-to playmaker last year. So, again, I think that, you know, if Dinwiddie can get his touches, because he knows Kyrie is going to do what he does. You know what I'm saying? That's right. And I think that... Um, you know, if Kyrie doesn't upset the chemistry that they were trying to build last year, see, that's important, Mike. They were building chemistry last year. Now here comes this guy. You know what I mean? They're kind of like, he's going to take over. And then, the year after that, you got Kevin Durant. And he's going to take over from Kyrie. So, it's, it's, it's really crazy, man. So, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see how, how all of that's going to work in Brooklyn. But you know what, though? I'm a Knicks fan. So I can't really, you know, put all my, you know, all my focus on yeah. what's going on across the bridge, even though, you know, I'm in Brooklyn, I live in Brooklyn and all that. But mm-hmm. it's, it's what it is, man. I'm a Knicks, Knicks all day, uh, orange and blue all day. Um, I'm interested in seeing R.J. Barrett and Dennis Smith. They got plenty of options the Knicks have, but they try to figure out, you know, which, you know, young members of that team is going to be part of the franchise moving forward. Because I think that um, Scott Perry and Steve Mills, they did a very important thing. Remember, they signed a lot of contracts that they can flip. Okay, Alfred Payton, Bobby Portis, Marcus Morris. They a lot of those guys that they can flip. So again, the Knicks are going to be better. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the, you know, I'm, I'm kind of you know what you know what, anticipate to see what they're going to do in training camp because none of these yeah. guys have played together before. So yeah. it's going to be rough in the beginning. Let me just let me just say this too. Let me just say this too about your Knicks, and and they're building for the future, and that's what and that's what I think some that's what some of these that's what some of these Knicks fans don't understand is they're building for the future. I mean, you you can see them start to get things going, and if if they continue to build, if they continue to get the momentum and stuff like that, they could very well in probably about a few years. Maybe I'm stretching this a little bit, Mayor, but. Could they bring an NBA title back to Madison Square Garden? Is a possibility, but give them a few you know years. They're gonna have to. They're gonna have to. They're gonna have to lock down one of these free agents in the upcoming years. Giannis is a free agent after next year, mm-hmm. so they're gonna have to lock down somebody before we start talking about titles. Right. I just want to get that respect back. Yeah, I don't want no visiting players coming into the garden scoring fifty points. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It's like these guys can't wait to get to Madison Square Garden and show off. We got to stop that. We got to dead that. <laughs> you know, stop that in his track. You know what I mean? Get that respectability back first. And then we can build. You know what I mean? There we're not going to, you know, we're not going to go, you know, uh, uh, um, you, know, you know, we won 17 games last year. We're going to win more than 17 games next year. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you that. I don't care what nobody says. You know what I mean? But, again, the East is not that tough, Mike. Nope. If we get a good stretch going, you know, trading deadline, if we could pick somebody up, 
and every, everybody stays relatively healthy, we can make a nice little run, you know, compared to the other teams in the East. I don't see, you know, seven teams that are really, really better than us in the East. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know. Got to, it, it, I know one thing. Heavy, you got, go ahead. Go ahead. I know one thing. Toronto won't repeat. Oh, yeah. Toronto, Toronto, Toronto won't repeat. Mm-hmm. Not at all. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, a lot of people talking about the Sixers. I was talking about that Sixers, with, one of my, yeah. with one of my guys. And I, I really don't like what they're doing. Because I think a lot of pressure is going to be on Joel Embiid. Yeah. Because the way they ended last season. Joel Embiid was crying. You don't do that. There's no crying in basketball, homie. <laughs> on that. That's right. What you, doing? you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, again, I think, you know, a lot of, you know, with the Sixers, a lot of that, you know, depends on what Ben Simmons does. How he improves as a player, I think you know with you know them getting Al Horford, that's yeah. going to be that's big. You know what I mean? Al Horford is going to be you know it was one yeah. of those guys that gave Joel Embiid fits when he was on the Celtics. Yeah, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So now you can kind of give Joel Embiid his rest and, and and have Al Horford out there holding down the paint. You know, with the Tobias Harris's of the world and Josh Richardson. You know, this team is going to be fun to you know think about and watch. They got size, they have defense. And they got scoring all over. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think that, you know, Horford and Embiid is still going to have to figure out how to play together. You know? Absolutely. And Ben Simmons has got to be more incorporated in that half-court offense. But, again, man, I think the Sixers are going to be there, definitely be there. You know, they're definitely going to, you know, do what they do. Yeah. All right? Um, this is after further review, man. 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass. We are in the building. Me and my man Mike Summers in the house. We got Wacko Bob holding down. He's handling business. All right, everything is everything. We're going to take another pause for the cause. When we come back, we're going to talk some college football. All right, and um, I'm going to get into the three-minute rant, and um, we're going to rock out, man. This is After Further Review 2.0, a.k.a. the Thought Round Pass. You got the mayor in the house. It's Tuesday, y'all. Overtime, we're doing it like that. Pause for the cause. We'll be right back. Canadian Aquatic Auctions, the place to be if you are into anything aquatic. Nelson Fletcher, owner and operator, has years of experience and wants to help you better achieve your aquatic needs and goals. So if you're an aquatic hobbyist and enthusiast, please visit Canadian Aquatic Auctions today. Their public auctions provide a venue to remarket all aquatic-related products, services, and equipment. If you are just starting out in the hobby, the site has a tack room where you can converse with other aquatic hobbyists like yourself. Canadian Aquatic Auctions is the eBay of everything aquatic. So visit Nelson at his site at www.aquariumauctions.ca or go check out his Facebook page as well at www.facebook.com slash Canadian Aquatic Sales. Together we can build lasting relationships that are based on listening and servicing your needs in a professional environment. Canadian Aquatic Auctions. My name's James. For six years, I was a garbage can druggie. I would do any kind of drug I would get my hands on. But here at Teen Challenge, I've walked away from that drug lifestyle for good. If you know an adult or teenager who is struggling with a chemical addiction, Teen Challenge is there to help. Please, don't wait. Call us today at 417-862-6969 or reach us on the web at teenchallengeusa.com.
G's Watch and Clock, 106 West Central Avenue, Winter Haven, Florida, 33880. Located downtown across from the main post office. When you're short on time, he's right on time. For all of your watch, clock, sales, and service needs, call Skis, 863-294-5630. Sales, service, free estimates, and reasonable rate. That's 863-294-5630 for Skis, Watch, and Clock. This is our time. We play without limits. We create without rules. We are not for sale. We connect with the whole world. Every idea we've shaped, every relationship we've cultivated, belongs to us. We demand the freedom to be our uncensored selves. And when something challenges that, we change it together. This is our time. Let's start a revolution. Let's MeWe. Join the revolution at MeWe.com. Do you want to capture the best memories you can? Is wanting to preserve those memories your goal? Do you want your memories to last a lifetime? Do you want your memories to look beautiful in pictures? Well, if you live in Southern Oregon or Northern California, there's one place that you can save those treasures for a lifetime. Grateful Heart Photography. Abigail Summers is your solution for capturing your favorite moments and memories like birthdays, graduations, weddings, family portraits, single shots, and more. She can also capture the finest scenery shots around and make them available all across the country and around the world at a price that can suit your budget. So if you're looking for the right photographer that can preserve your legacy, look no further than Abigail Summers at Grateful Heart Photography. Call Abby at 541-890-4657 or message her at her Facebook page by searching Grateful Heart Photography. Much of her work is displayed there. Feel grateful for the memories captured by Grateful Heart Photography. If you're looking for action-packed classic fun, look no further. Carter, there's a machine gun. Look out, Daddy! Up in the sky, look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! In old-time radio adventures, you've come to the right place. This is One Nostalgic Weekend. Saturdays and Sundays, midnight Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific on Action VR Network.
everybody to go. The birthday cakes they stole the show. So sexual, she was sexable, professional, drinking exano. Hold up, wait a minute, do I see what I think I want? Yeah, the thing I seen, sure they get low. Ain't the same when it's up that close. Make it rain, I'm making it snow. Work the pole, I got the bank roll. I'ma say that I prefer them no clothes. I'm into that, I love women exposed. She threw it back at me, I gave her more. Cash ain't a problem, I know where it goes. She had them. Dodgers and the Padres, 
and the top for first in Seattle. No score between the Astros and the Mariners. Yeah, what were you saying about Bruce Bochy? Oh, I'm telling you. Three world championships, I cannot complain. I mean, uh, you know, my, my old boss in Redding, California, at KRCR, uh, Mike Mangus, the diehard Giants fan his whole life. I've been a diehard Giants fan my whole life. The both of us just wish for one year that the Giants would win a World Series. And we say, we just want to see it once in our lifetime. Well, we saw three, and we both sit here saying, I wonder if our numbers are up. Because let me tell you, uh, Bruce Bochy did a heck of a job with that Giants team. And for him to go out the way he did and also um, win the perpetual trophy that they have, I forgot what they called it, but I'm going to tell you what. For him to go out the way that he is doing with three world championships, it's it's just really it's really exciting. Good, definitely miss him. Definitely gonna miss Ned Yost as well. Um, you know, one of those World Series he did win, so you know, give it you know give it up for him. I mean, did did really great. But the other one that he lost was against the Giants. So <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. And, and you know what? Watching those World Series, you know, um, for Bruce Bochy, I don't remember Bruce Bochy. Um, you know when he was when he was a player. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but those 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 World Series that they won, you know, I, you know me, I'm a Yankee fan, so yeah. it was all about Derek Jeter. But I thought uh, Buster Posey was like the new Derek Jeter. He was winning the World Series every other year. You could count. It, it was like clockwork. The San Francisco Giants were going to win. The, they didn't win this year. They're going to win next year. Uh-huh. Every other year they won the World Series. So shout out yep. to Bruce Bochy, incredible job. You know Madison Bumgarner, those guys. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and, and again, um, you know, um, the Panda. You know what I mean? Shout out to them, those guys. You know, Brandon Crawford, all of those guys, man. And Bruce Boshi, a great career in San Francisco. He's going to he's gonna, he's gonna manage somewhere again. You know, it's maybe just got, you know, you know, a little burnt out or whatever. But the Giants are a team on the come up, man. Mike Yastrzemski is no joke. Oh, no kidding. is true. I'm like, wow. He had, he had one of the great moments of the season. He hit the home run at Fenway Park. In front of his grandfather. You know what I mean? Call Yastrzemski. So, again, man, shout out to him. Shout out to Bruce Bochy, man. He had a hell of a career. And think about this. Think about this, too. Is that, if you remember, Carl Yastrzemski actually threw out the ceremonial first pitch at Fenway Park to his grandson, Mike Yastrzemski. And Mike Yastrzemski, a giant, gets a standing ovation from Red Sox fans. What does that tell you? That's right. Oh, where they do the, where they do that at, Mike? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it was yeah, at that, Fenway. That, that yep. was a great moment. That's mm-hmm. why baseball is. That's why baseball. When it comes to moments, baseball is the best sport. When it comes to moments, that's right. You know what I mean? And and, and again, I think that you know, um, Mike Yastrzemski is is, 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 is going to be. You know, he's the next wave of the young guys, the Vladimir Guerreros, the the Bizios. You know what I mean? Yep. The, those guys are coming up, man. And, and again, you know, baseball. You know, people call it boring. They say, you know, they can't sit through a game. Man, listen, you can go ahead and do what you do. I'm a watch man. Baseball is my favorite sport. I love baseball. Love it. You know what I mean? And I've been a baseball fan since, I've been a, since I was a little kid. I've been a Yankee fan since 1976. Mm-hmm. You do the math. You know what I mean? Yep. But, um, and, man, you know, baseball is the best sport when it comes to moments. Um, but switching gears a little bit, man, let's talk some college football. All right. You know what? I think that, um, you know, what goes on in college football is still early. I mean, a lot of people are talking about, you know, um, you know, the team, you know, it doesn't really change a little bit from week to week. 
because the the the, the, the uh, college football playoff rankings aren't out, out yet. I think they come out uh, Halloween weekend. You know, you still got the usual suspects in the, in the building. You know, Clemson, Alabama. You know what I mean? Um, for me, it's 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 Oklahoma and and Georgia. I mean, I watched yep. the Georgia game when they played Notre Dame. They looked decent. They looked good. But uh, I'm gonna do a quick little rundown, and then we could talk about it before we get up out of here. Uh, Clemson, you know, I mean, they're four and zero. You know, they, their schedule is easy peasy right now. They they went through it a little bit against Texas A&M, but I think that you know they're gonna they, their ticket is already punched for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Clemson's ticket is already punched. Alabama's ticket is already punched. You know, two with two attacking a Boa. You know, they you know he has his brother Tolia attacking a Boa. So again, you know that the line can, continues to move at Alabama as far as the quarterbacks are concerned. Nick Saban knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I got Oklahoma at number three. I like Jalen Hurts. I think Jalen Hurts is gonna. You know, I think he's gonna win the Heisman Trophy. Only thing I'm worried about with Oklahoma is their defense. That's the only thing I'm worried about because they can't keep scoring 40 points if the defense is gonna give up 35. That's the only chink in Oklahoma's armor. You know, a lot of people are talking about LSU. You know, Joe Burrow doing his thing. You know, another transfer quarterback. You know what I mean? Um, this is the year of the transfer. The transfer portal. Like, you know, you might as well just call it what it is. Uh, uh, Mike, they're training these players. It's the same difference. But LSU doing their numbers. You know, another SEC team. You know what I mean? Yeah. Then here comes Georgia. Georgia did their thing against Notre Dame. You know, um, DeAndre Swift had 98 yards against Notre Dame. Jake Fromm from State Farm, he did his thing. Uh, but I don't trust Georgia. I don't know. I don't trust them. It's simple as that. They had Alabama beat twice last year, twice in the um, in the NCAA, in, the, in the SEC championship and in the national championship. They had them beat twice in the playoffs, and they lost both games. So I don't trust them. Where are we at with Ohio State? You know what I mean? They got a new coach. They got a new, you know, situation, but they're still doing the same thing that they do. All right? Um, the Texas Longhorns. I'm like, you know, Sam Ellinger doing his thing. You know, they beat Oklahoma State 36 to 30. They did their numbers. You know what I mean? But I think this is all a precursor to what's getting ready to happen in the next few weeks. You know, everybody's got to stay, you know, they got to stay undefeated. They got to keep their record clean. You know what I mean? Because once those votes come out, that's when it's going to get raggedy. That's when it's going to get real, real raggedy. Where are we at, Mike? I'm on, I'm on the horn right now with my man Mike Summers. All right. What are we doing with Jim uh, Harbaugh and Michigan? Oh boy, <laughs> what are we doing? Not much. If you ask Rich, I, if you if you ask if you ask Rich Eisen, he will tell you not much. Because <laughs> I've I've. Oh, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Talk about it. Talk about it. I think he's in a lot of trouble. I think he can recruit players, but he's just, it's turning into what was ultimately happening to him when he was coaching the 49ers. He can recruit players. He can put great players together. He just, he can, they're just humps. He's just not able to get over. He's just not building. He can build a winning team, but just not a championship team. I mean, Harbaugh, I mean, it's just, that's where we got to look at it with him. He may have been better. He may have been one of those that was better off as a coach, 
in the NFL and, as opposed to being a coach in college. That's one of those rarities. I, I hate to say it. You're right, though. But you're right. You're absolutely right. Because, again, let's look at it from a perspective of, okay, who, who Jim Harbaugh is. Jim Harbaugh was the quarterback at Michigan. They was doing their thing. He has cachet. He has a name. When he first came, it was like, oh, Michigan's back in the building. We're going to, you know, beat Ohio State. We're going to win the Big Ten. We're going to go on to the playoffs. We're going to do what we do. None of that's happened. They have, they have not beaten Ohio State. They haven't even sniffed the playoffs. And, you know, the team this year, it still has holes. The defense is getting pushed around. The offense doesn't have playmakers. They still got to play Ohio State. They still got a tough schedule. You know, and I think that um, this season has been kind of the worst as far as the beginning of the season because Army should have beat them. Army should have beat Michigan. You know what I mean? But, again, at the end of the day, they got away with one. But I think that the, the, the shine has really, really, you know, dogged on the you know, Jim Harbaugh name, and I think he's bored right now. He can't wait to get out of Michigan. He can't wait to get out of there. Because to me, it doesn't even matter right now if they beat Ohio State. It doesn't even matter. Oh, mark my words. Mark my words, you know. If he leaves Ohio State and says he's available, mark my words, you're going to have NFL teams firing coaches just to negotiate with them. True. True. They will. True. True. Absolutely right. Absolutely. Absolutely right, man. I mean, you know, to me, to me, there's only one other coach that could do what we've seen, what we've seen happen already. What we've seen. There's only one other coach that's slowly but surely building him up, and that's Notre Dame under uh, under Kelly. And that's really the uh, thing a lot of people are gonna have to have to look at is uh, you know Notre Dame probably has the only other coach that's slowly but surely turning things around in Notre Dame to where Notre Dame will eventually start contending with the Alabamas and Nick Saban with with Clemson in that in that whole situation there. No doubt. You know, no doubt. You know, no doubt. So, I mean, you know, so it's going to be, you, you've got all that to look at. I mean, you know, it's just, it's going to be a matter of, it's just, you know, a matter of time. I think people, I, I think people in Michigan wanted things to change tomorrow. They thought he would be the next, he would be the new Nick Saban. And I think they really hurt themselves in that regard, trying to get that one done. Right, right, right. And, and again, you know, um, you know, he he he, he could have been the old Bo Schembechler, and he still <laughs> no noise. You know what I mean? But as far as you know, Notre Dame is concerned, you know they couldn't run the ball against Georgia, so uh, Ian Book threw the ball 47 times. But still, you know, Notre Dame would drive it for the winning touchdown. Man, if they would have beat Georgia, all you would have heard about was put Notre Dame in the playoffs. That's all you would have heard about. And man, I would have been all over Georgia like like flies on doo-doo. I'm telling you, Georgia is just a, a name, and they play in a, in, a, in a power conference. They just can never get the job done, man. You know what I mean? So, again, you know, I like, you know, Notre Dame played tough. And they, they just couldn't pull it out on the road, but that would have been a big win for them. And Georgia's got to figure it out. I, 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 I don't respect Georgia, period. I don't respect them. I don't like what they do. You know what I mean? Because they can't finish the job. They can't get the job done. All right? So um, that's, that's what that is. So, yeah, man, we're in the building, man. We're about to get up out of here. I'm going to get into the three-minute rant, and um, we're going to slide for um, this week. I appreciate Wacko Bob holding me down. I definitely appreciate my man Mike Summers holding me down. 
And um, we're going to make it do what it do, man. After further review, 2.0, a.k.a. Sideline Pass. We are definitely in the building. Check it out. The three-minute rant starts right now. Okay. What I want to talk about tonight in the three-minute rant is a fight that's coming up this weekend. We got Errol Spence Jr. going up against Sean Porter. Okay, a pair of welterweight titles. And, you know, pound-for-pound situations will be at stake. Okay, these guys fighting a 147-pound unification fight on Saturday night. You got Earl Spence, 25-0, 21 knockouts. He's the defending IBF champion. Okay, he's going to enter his second straight fight as the ace out of a pay-per-view. Okay, remember he beat Mikey Garcia back in March. Then you got Sean Porter, who's 30-2, okay, with one draw, 17 knockouts. He's going to make the second defense of his WBC belt that he won by outpointing Danny Garcia back in 2018. I think um, there are a couple of storylines entering this fight that, that, that needs to be talked about. I mean, you know, the welterweight division has always been great. From the you know late 1990s when you had Oscar De La Hoya, Felix Trinidad, Shane Mosley. You know, then you watched Floyd Mayweather Jr. do his thing. You had Manny Pacquiao do his thing. I think the majority of this era's biggest fights, to tell the truth, have come at the welterweight division. Okay? Um, this fight is a rare, you know, uh, unification between star champions. We haven't seen anything like this since Keith Thurman and Danny Garcia back in 2017 and Mayweather and Pacquiao back in 2015. So I think that the intensity is going to be exciting in this fight. Control of the division is up for grabs. And the winner of this fight is going to hold two of the four belts in the welterweight division. Um, another storyline, which version of Sean Porter is going to show up? Are we going to see the, you know, one, the, you know, the porter that likes to throw his hands? You know what I mean? Um, are we going to see a porter who likes to, you know, uh, uh, use a little footwork? Okay, he's got a decision to make on how he wants to fight Errol Spence because Errol Spence is a perfectly well-rounded fighter. Okay, um, Spence has already said that he's going to knock Porter out. Okay, so again, we, you know, that's that's a dramatic point in this fight. But I think that um, if Porter can use a little aggression with some quick bursts of boxing, I think that'll be, you know, his best chance to keep Earl Spence guessing. And he's got to stay close on the scorecards. Got to stay close. But here's another storyline, real quick. Can Earl Spence handle the heat? All right? Um, I think that he's going up against a different type of guy. You know what I mean? Porter knows where he's been in there against, you know, um, the Adrian Broners of the world and handled his business until he got dropped in the 12th round. He still won the fight. And I think that, um, you know, being a technician is going to really, really help Sean Porter in this fight. But I, I don't know. Earl Spence, man, you know, a lot of people are, you know, are, are betting on him to win this fight. I think that if Porter could be aggressive and be smart at the same time, this is definitely going to be a good fight. And, uh, again, man, I think, um, you know, Spence, you know, in his, his last few fights, he's been a front runner because of his skill and his power. But I think if Sean Porter can do that brawling thing and, and gets him, get in the, in, in the Earl Spence's, and, into Earl Spence's head, then it could be a definitely good fight, yo. So, again, Porter has definitely talked about how he feels that Earl Spence can be broken mentally. All right? But the last storyline I want to talk about, this is Earl Spence's chance to be everything that we think he is. He's been very, very dominant. We saw it back in March when he fought Mikey Garcia and beat him up, even though Mikey Garcia moved up two weight divisions for that fight. It's okay. 
know what I mean? But he went the distance. That's the thing. He went the distance against Earl Smith. You know what I mean? So, again, man, um, a very interesting fight that's going to take place on Saturday night, man. You got um, Sean Porter. You got Earl Spence. It's on pay-per-view. Make sure you check that out. All right? That's the three-minute rant. Listen, man, um, we're about to get up out of here. I appreciate everybody checking out the show. Um, make sure you check out Active VR Network, man. They're doing the damn thing. Wacko Bob is in the building. My man, Mike Porter. Mike, Mike Summers holding me down. I appreciate you, fam. Um, shout out to my man, Sonny Cruz, wherever you are. Shout out to my man, um, John S., wherever you are. All right? And the big homie, you know what I mean? Uh, everything is everything. That's how we do it. We're about to get up out of here, man. Um, and that's it, man. I'm, I'm, I'm about to go, man. It's Miller time, baby. After further review, 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass. We are out of the building. Peace. Bring the action. When you hear this in the club, you gotta check turn it up. You gotta check turn it up. You gotta check turn it up. When we up in the club, all eyes on us. All eyes on us. All eyes on us. See the boys in the club. They watching us. They watching us. They watching us. Everybody in the club. All eyes on us. All eyes on us. All eyes on us. I wanna scream and shout and let it all out. And scream and shout and let it out. We saying oh, we oh, we oh, we oh. We saying oh, we oh, we oh, we oh. I wanna scream and shout and let it all out. And scream and shout and let it out. We saying oh, we oh, we oh, we oh. You are now, now rocking with. Well, I am in Britney, Britney. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Bring the action. Rock and roll. Everybody, let's lose control. All the bottom, we let it go. Going fast, we ain't going slow. No, no. Hey, yo. Hear the beat, now let's hit the flow. Drink it up and then drink some more. Let's let it blow, blow, blow. Hey, yo, rock it out, rockin' out. If you know what we talking about, turn it up and burn down the house. Half, half, hey, yo, turn it up and don't turn it down. Here we go, we gon' shake the ground. Cause everywhere that we go, we bring the action. When you have this in the club, you gotta check, turn it up. You gotta check, turn it up. You gotta check, turn it up. When we up in the club, all eyes on us. All eyes on us. All eyes on us. You see them girls in the club. They looking at us. They looking at us. They looking at us. Everybody in the club. All eyes on us. All eyes on us. All eyes on us. I wanna scream and shout and let it all out. And scream and shout and let it out. We saying oh we oh we oh we oh. We saying oh we oh we oh we. And shout and let it all out And scream and shout and let it out We saying oh, we oh, we oh, we oh You are now, now rocking with Will I am in Britney, Britney.
Yeah.